Clutch. And it is the Saturday Coffee Clutch once again with Heather Lofthouse, the Executive Director of Inequality Media Civic Action, my former student, Heather. Happy to be here. How Hello, is, Bob, how, and this is Robert Rice, well, former thank, Secretary of Labor. Thank you very much. How is my your My former week? teacher. I was your former professor. <laughs> professor. And we won't go into your grades again. No, not again. We can't. Um, how was your week? My week was okay. <laughs> um, well, my week yes. was decent. I mean, compared to a lot of people's, but wow, there's a lot happening. There is a lot happening. And uh, George... Have, that's what I was going to go George with. Santos, Santos is out of a job, and I wish I could be Snaps. sad about that. You know, know, a lot of people lose their jobs, and uh, you feel compassion. You people lose their jobs because they, they're fired. Uh, George Santos was fired, and it's about time. I mean, it's amazing that he... he he stayed as long as he did. I know. It was a big deal. Now, a lot of Republicans didn't vote to fire him. What do you think about that? In fact, the majority of House Republicans did not vote to fire him. Uh, I think George Santos, in some ways, represents the Republican Party, the yeah. MAGA part of the Republican Party, the kind of sociopathic yes. part of the Republican Party. I mean, he has a lot in common with Donald Trump in terms of being a fabulist, of making things up, lying. Uh, and being shameless. I remember when there was less discussion of personality in politics, sociopathic personalities being an example. Well, for some reason, you know, the more sociopaths you have in any organization, the more attractive uh, that organization becomes to other sociopaths. So the Republican yeah. Party, Republican Party, really is uh, a, a weird a collection of weird. I mean, Santos is so weird that they couldn't even keep him in, even right. though a majority of Republicans wanted to keep him in, and they wanted to keep him in because uh, the margin of Republican. Uh, you know, votes in the House is only four, and now right. it's three after George Santos. Right. Uh, but it really is amazing when you th consider Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and all of the other, I mean, I don't remember, you know, I, my memory of politics and people in the House and the, the Senate right. goes way back, <laughs> uh, but I don't How remember. How many years? Um, oh, Do at you least. consider 50 years in politics? I would say uh, I got started in the 1830s. Stop so it. I, I, my, my memory really, I, there were some very strange characters in the 1850s, but this group of Republicans uh, really takes, takes the cake. Takes the cake. Uh, and they, fin they finally, you know, the Ethics Committee came up with a report two weeks ago that uh, was so, and this is the House Ethics Committee, right. it was so damning. And egregious, I know, everything you did. I mean, the Republicans, uh, even the Republicans on the committee said, we, we just can't, can't tolerate this. That's what, I was not worried that, I mean, I, the way it went down is disgusting and the, you know, large majority didn't vote to expel him is ridiculous, but I was hopeful that he would be expelled. I mean, you can't, if he hadn't, I mean, come on. Well, there have been two, there have been two attempts to expel him before and right. he was not expelled, I think, again, because of that tiny majority. Um, but uh, it, it was becoming an embarrassment. Right. Uh, a late night, you know, late night humor, yep. uh, a line and a monologue. I mean, yep. you, when you get to that point, uh, the Republicans really stand to lose a lot if they keep him. Right. Now, did you see some of Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis debating on Fox News? Uh, speaking of politics, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, di I did. I saw some clips. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, Heather, I'm, why do you suppose they both wanted to debate each well, other? Well, no, I, okay, I have answers, and but I want to hear yours too. So, I mean, Newsom 
Yeah. He's running for president down the line, right? In 2028. Yeah. This is all about right? 2028. Hello. And DeSantis knows he's not going to be the nominee right. this time around. And so, Newsom knows he's not because so he said it about 40 times. They're both looking at 2028. And they this go. is a kind of a, a preview. Right. But so let's talk about this. And I have an exciting update for people. Okay. So Bob retired. Moved out of your office. Well, I didn't exactly retire. I know. Here Hello. we go. Sorry, he hates that word. I'm, He's I'm not working. retired. You're working harder than... But Bob is working harder than ever, just not in his old office. Right. How about that? Okay. There were tapes, VHS tapes. You can't believe how many tapes there were. Michael on our team, who is a digital star, absconded with those tapes, digitized them, those tapes. I knew I was in trouble. Okay. We have found you, which is so interesting, standing in for Bill O'Reilly on the... O'Reilly factor, one in the year 2000, I think, one in the year 2001, you stood in, you literally lead off with standing in for my friend Bill O'Reilly. I did I say friend Bill O'Reilly? in one of them, in one of them. Okay. Yeah, I think he wasn't. It was a, a different, uh, Heather, but it was a different is, era. We have I mean, to talk about this. You, There was a time when there was a robust debate and people who identified as a Democrat would show up on Fox News. Well, I mean, look like at the, Newsom, I mean, look like at the debate, look at the debate between John McCain uh, and Barack Obama. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was not, you know, people remember that election, uh, and it was a civil debate. I mean, we had civility. Uh, I, the thing that struck me about the debate between, uh, you know, that the, the was just between DeSantis and Newsom yeah. is that it was just put-downs. Yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, clever, negative uh, you know, yeah, I'm going to stab you this way. I'm going to stab you this way. It was basically a lot of tweets. And well, it made me wonder whether it was Trump or social media uh, that, that's responsible for the deterioration of debate mm -hmm. in this country. I mean, there uh, it really has deteriorated. Uh, people uh, just don't know any longer uh, how to have a civil discussion, right? That where there's disagreement. And there's less. I mean, rhetoric and speech and debate clubs in. Uh, middle school and high school. Oh, there's almost none. I know, and there used to be. I mean, there's no money for anything, but that's definitely on the chopping block, which is such a shame. I was on CNBC, let's see, it must have been... Two nights ago. A couple of nights ago, and um, uh, pitted against somebody who was, you know, uh, American Enterprise Institute. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about why people uh, are negative about the economy. This is and, important, and the distinction you were making. Uh, well, Tell the, us, the distinction between... Uh, bringing inflation down, right. and inflation is a rise in prices. So you bring down inflation, you're stopping prices from rising more, uh, but that's different from uh, prices actually coming down. And a lot of people expected prices to come down, are worried and upset that prices are not coming down. The point I was making uh, is that with monopolies, with, with companies that have a lot of market power right. and are uh, taking up uh, you know, the first or second position in a in an industry where there are only two or three competitors, right. it's very easy for them to keep prices high. Uh, and the fellow who was opposing me from the American Enterprise Institute uh, obviously felt that that was, you know, I mean, it's all about uh, fiscal and monetary policy. It's all about uh, too much money in, in circulation. You know, the old conservative. Right. Uh, but um, it was a relatively, relatively thoughtful debate. Um, and uh, it, it just, again, struck me uh, that the public is not served by gotcha debates. No, it's served by real debates. And I think, can we just close the loop on this? I think it's uh, inflation conflation is what it's, I would call it's it. It's conflating inflated. In, yeah, that. 
But so basically what's happening is companies are keeping prices high. They could lower them, right? They could lower them because- And they don't. And I think there's a misunderstanding amongst maybe the media, but the public, that inflation is keeping my, my diapers high. Right. The and they blamed diapers. Biden for not Bingo. bringing down the prices. Bingo. Uh, when he's bringing down inflation. Right. Uh, but the prices are not dropping because right. of monopoly power. Right. Because, uh, you know, you've got Procter & Gamble out there, you know, basically owning a lot of the consumer uh, product market. Right. You've got two or three others, PepsiCo. Yeah. Uh, and why would they bring prices down if they're making a lot of money and if they don't have yeah. to lose consumers? Yeah. And that's the key to it. Yeah. If you dominate your market, you don't have to worry about losing consumers if you raise prices. Right. So we like to, when we can, pass some notes along to the people in charge of Bidenomics communications. Okay. I think it would be better if we focus, focus more on corporations. Um, did you hear that? <laughs> Bidenomics people? Yeah. Uh, focus on corporations. Actually, uh, Joe Biden, uh, over He's the last few days, oh, yeah. uh, a bunch of tweets. Yes. Um, that are, are are really taking a much more populist uh, right. sort of corporations are you know you should drop your prices yeah uh, you know you can your your costs are going down why are your prices right. staying up there? but I think we need an explainer video if I may hmm. on this what exactly is happening I want some graphics in it it's going to be helpful for people to really understand should we do that okay let's we'll do, do it. it let's do uh, an no, it's a good video. it's a good idea because again most people are blaming Biden uh, and social media is filled with negative comments about Bidenomics and Biden's uh, economy not being very good. Uh, and I understand it. And TikTok in particular. Let's TikTok really in particular. Be clear. And, and TikTok is younger people. And younger people, you know, they can't get into the housing market. They can't afford childcare. They can't afford, uh, you know, they're, they're delaying forming families. They thought Biden was going to bring all of this uh, into affordability, and yep. it's not. Uh, and they're frustrated. Yeah, and there's lots of posting about despair and then it go goes viral. Also, TikTok is not an American company. You know, Mark Zuckerberg has to show up in DC every once in a while, not enough. So you're Meta. saying- Well, you... I've just, it makes me nervous. I don't know what's happening. You think the TikTok, because it's a Chinese company? I don't know. I just think it feels, it feels so far, it feels so out of our ability to, I don't understand the algorithms. I don't know but who, But do you understand the algorithms charge? for any of them, for Facebook or for Meta? No, no, but I'm just, I just, I don't know. It just feels, I don't know. It feels scary. Well, it's got all of it's scary. Look at, look at what's happened to AI. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and that does not even, you know, there is some concern about AI going yeah. to China, but it's American companies. I don't think there's very much difference, honestly, yeah. right. between You've an American-based company and yeah. any other company uh, that is trying to maximize profits. Right. They all are operating worldwide. Right. And uh, all of them are right now trying to use monopoly power Bingo. to keep their prices yeah. high. No. And that's what we are talking about. No, for sure. Antitrust enforcement is a key. I didn't it, mean to sound like a conspiracy theorist. Well, it, you sounded like one. Well, I just a little was xenophobic. I was ex no, it's not that I was expressing fear. Well, I understand. There's a lot of okay. fear out There's there. Fear. fear and loathing um, on the campaign trail. Yeah, and so um, other things in the news this week we should cover. Well, there have been um, a, a number of deaths. Yes. Um, Rosalind Carter uh, didn't die this week, but she had a memorial service. I was struck Aww. by the fact that only one former president showed up. 
That's true, but all the first wives. All the first wives. It's, um, it was. I mean, yeah. Bill, Clinton Bill Clinton was there, was there yeah. uh, but Barack Obama wasn't there, and George W. Now, wasn't why was there. That? I don't know. I don't. I, they didn't tell me. I called they them. I said, yeah, "Where were you?" Hello. They didn't say. They didn't tell me anything. Um, but it was nice that all the first wives were there. Yeah. Uh, Henry Kissinger did died. not attend. Uh, he did not attend, and he also died uh, at the age of 100. And your substack was very mm. poignant, but well, I think you kept it real. Well, or criminal. You had it in the subject line. I mean, the, here's the thing. When some prominent uh, public official, former public official dies, uh, the conventional view is you, you should say nice things. I had, I could not say nice things about Henry no. Kissinger. I mean, I, I did research years ago on what he did in Chile, yeah, you know, uh, get, getting rid of uh, Allende. Salvador Allende had been the legitimate winner of an election. He was a socialist, and Kissinger convinced Nixon uh, to stage a coup. I know the two of them in cahoots. And uh, and and as a result, you had Pinochet yep. uh, and the death of uh, hundreds of people. I know. Uh, and uh, and that and then Kissinger also was responsible for the blanket bombing of Cambodia, uh, yep. which uh, which caused the deaths of thousands of people and led directly to Pol Pot and yep. and the Khmer Rouge. Yep. I mean, he, all around the world, Kissinger's work uh, under the well, under, it was really under the cloak of real politic. That is, this is you've got to be tough. Yeah. you've got to just uh, you know look out for American interests. Yeah. a lot of things he did was not were not necessary. Yeah, caused a lot of bloodshed. I I I really do believe he should have been. Now this is controversial, and it's not very nice to say about yeah, somebody who died. Everyone, sh yeah. But he should have been treated as a war criminal. Right. I, mean, I really believe put, that. You put that in your substack. Yeah. I know. Mm. Do uh, we learn from the past? Do we ever learn from the past? Well, I don't know if we're going to learn very much from Henry Kissinger's past. Um, also, another, Sa yeah, uh, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Sandra Day O'Connor. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor, uh, at the age of ninety-three, trailblazer. She had been. Um, a trailblazer, yeah. uh, first woman on the Supreme Court. She was there from, let's say, 81. Mm -hmm. She was put on there by Reagan. Yep. She was there for 24 years. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I remember when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg joined the court, when uh, Bill Clinton put uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on, Sandra Day O'Connor, uh, at the swearing-in of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, teared up. Wow. Um, was so That's neat. Yes, she was so emotional because yeah. the idea of another woman on the Supreme Court, yeah. she was just delighted. Oh, that's such a special story. I hadn't heard that story. And a lot For of me, the advocates, let yeah. me just say, a lot of the advocates before the Supreme Court uh, got them mixed up, which would call Sandra O'Connor. No. Uh, Justice O'Connor and, and uh, Justice Ginsburg. The lady Ginsburg, over there. Uh, and Stop. Uh, be, well, obviously, because they were only two women. And they, they like, how hard is it? They people? appeared. They appeared. The two of them appeared at a uh, some sort of gathering, uh, both wearing T-shirts. And Sandra Day O'Connor wore a T-shirt that said, "I'm Sandra, uh, not Ruth." And <laughs> Ruth had a T-shirt. I'm Ruth, not Sandra. That's so good. Yeah, serve it to him. So I was born in 1977, and Sandra Day O'Connor. You said Sandra. I say Sandra. Yeah. I say Sandra, you say just Sandra. call it off, yeah. yeah. Um, but she was a real feminist icon for a lot of us growing up in the 80s and early 90s. I mean, she was just on the list of look at first time, women doing things for the first time who are incredible. She was always on the list. Well, she also fought to keep uh, the uh, abortion ruling uh, 
alive. Right, I mean, she right. she really she was not an ardent feminist. Right, right. Um, she was a middle of the roader. She yeah. was, uh, in fact, there were a number of five four decisions on the Supreme Court. She was the swing vote. Uh, she never enunciated a set of principles, a kind of a, a, a philosophy yeah. um, of of her views of of. Supreme Court litigation and Supreme Court jurisprudence, uh, but um, she was very pragmatic yeah. about everything, and and I think her notion of fairness ultimately came through. She did move gradually to the left. Right, 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 right. I hate to bring up your um, Bill O'Reilly factor stint again. Yes, you <laughs> did already. It. Had to I was, do it. Did you notice how easily I yeah, moved off shifted. of it? Yeah, you shifted. It was incredible. So back to that. Yes. Um, no, but really, I think... Um, okay, can I confess? I was... On I was I was on Fox uh, as a no I was I was on Fox News as a, a substitute a stand-in a stand-in for Bill anchor. an anchor for Bill O'Reilly but you had interesting and Roger Ailes on... Roger Ailes didn't want not want me anymore Ooh. I mean he was very clear uh, his his producers loved me apparently but he I, I was too oh, far no. to the left what <laughs> I can't believe it yeah. Um, but so interesting that that actually happened back in the day. Yeah, it was. I, it's a part of my history I cover up. And what's interesting to me, this was where my train of thought was going, I swear it. Basically, you'll see, because we're going to put this out. We're going to, I'm going to, we're going to. I'm, it's too good. We'll find it somehow. We can edit it down because it is like an hour long, two hour long ones. You know, it's, that's very boring. Well, we'll edit it down. We'll just okay. give you. But so you taught the issues you talked about again. So this was two thousand. Are so similar. You were worried about John Ashcroft. Yeah. And you and how you know anti-abortion he was and conservative. The, attorney, the then attorney general. The then attorney general who had just been named. But it's it's so scary to see this. It's scary, you all, because it's the same issues as today. Yeah, yeah. And they want me to go back, and I'll do the same thing again. They do. No. I was going to say, wow. Um, okay, can we get serious for a minute? Because the other thing I want to talk about is it was a you know relatively decent week as it relates to what's happening in the Middle East in terms of there being a temporary ceasefire. In fact, it was uh, terrific. A lot of people assumed that it was the beginning of winding down the war uh, between Hamas and Israel, and unfortunately... Uh, it was not the case. Uh, apparently, Hamas sent some sort of projectile toward Israel, and Israel uh, has resumed bombing. Yeah, which is horrible. So we got to see where it stands. And I think, you know, Biden and Blinken deserve some credit. Biden, Blinken, and Nod. Yeah. I, I think they, des they do. I mean, they've been working very, very hard to contain uh, the, uh, the war and to have other nations... Uh, try to yeah. put pressure on Hamas and on Israel uh, to come to the peace table. Yeah. But uh, I, I wish I could be optimistic about it. I can't be. Oh, fair. no. And more is revealed, right? So you see, oh, well, Israel knew a little more than we thought about the plans, not when they were happening or if they would happen. And then I don't know. But remember, this has, this conflict has gone, you know, it, it, go back decades and decades. Go yeah. back to 1948, even oh, before 1948. Um, it, we're just picking up a conflict where yeah. there have been atrocities on both sides. Uh, and it's very hard to say one side is right and the other side no. is wrong. It's They're both wrong. And especially with Netanyahu. Right, of course. 
And we're talking about terrorists. I mean, there's no obvious answer. This is how you exactly handle things and everyone will listen. And then, you know, it's not, we're not dealing with rational actors. No, but it does make me think back to the start of our conversation about the lack of civility, mm -hmm. even inside the United States. I mean, we now have two teams uh, that are cults almost. I mean, certainly the Republican cult under Trump. Uh, and people are not civil with each other. They just, no. um, they just are attacking. Yeah. Attacking, attacking, attacking. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that that is uh, necessarily the way the world is moving, but I, I do see similarities between Putin and Trump and Netanyahu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So scary. Um, okay, so... Uh, How about you, Joe? Yeah, again, yet again. What do we, I think we covered all the things. I mean, there's I think, more to well, cover. There's, there's, Should we, we meet could, back in a week and we can well, let's, pick let's, up where we left off? Have yeah. we forgot anything? No, no. And you're going to have a good weekend? I hope, I hope so. I mean, I'm just glad there is a weekend. Thank you, labor movement. And yes, thank you. Orga, thank you, organized thank labor. Thank you, organizers. We, we should say this more often. We have a weekend because of what organized labor achieved. You're here. And let's hope that organized labor comes back and achieves even more. Yes. Um, How about your weekend? Well, I'm going to have my one of my very best friends is coming in to town. Uh, What's his name? His grandchildren, his name is John, and his grandchildren Hello, are uh, in Los Angeles. And when he visits them, very often he stops Perfect. in Berkeley. That's so I'm looking great. forward to oh, seeing him. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, I miss him. Oh, I he, bet. Where is he when he's, he's not visiting the grandkids? Based in Boston and Boston, Cambridge. that's far away. And it's cold. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's poor, not a cold person. Thing. But uh, it's as you get older, can I just make this point very, very clear? Um, as you get older, coldness hurts. Oh, you know the that? elements. Where? Your joints? You, everything. Everything. I mean, and joints, you're more susceptible to you're it? You're more susceptible to all kinds of things. Are you Anna, colder than you I'm once not, were? I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to do an organ recital. That's what my friends and I sometimes do. <laughs> oh, I love this. When we get this. together, how's your, you know, yeah. how's your Is this, and how's your, then, and how's yeah. your bones? How's oh, your, that how's elbow injury. How's your arthritis? Yeah. How's your, um, but, uh, no, when you do get older, uh, and that's why a lot of people leave the Northeast. Yeah. That's why they go south. That's yeah. why Florida is filled with retirees and Arizona is filled with retirees and yeah. Southern California. Uh, but the perfect blend of having all of the benefits of the Northeast and all of the benefits of the South is the Bay Area. Kind of. <laughs> I don't know. You're into the Chamber you of just, Commerce going to hire just, you? You just take it for granted. That was no, a, it, no, I don't take it. I'm grateful, but I don't know if I would summarize it in the way you did. Oh, I see. Well, that's... <laughs> The best of all okay, worlds. Okay, I'm pressing. Here the, we are. I'm pressing the song. Okay. Anyway, thank you for joining us, uh, Heather. As usual, thank you. Wait, is this the start one? Wait, let me do that again. Okay. How about that? Okay. Anyway, thank you for joining us, uh, and uh, thank you for Heather for being such a great. Really, yeah, really. I you're mean, kind. I was extra good with it this time. You really well. You always are. <laughs> And so we'll see you next week. <laughs>